This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. to tell you. And you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves. And the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. This is an interactive podcast. Each episode has a prompt and a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to your best friend, or answer on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. Did you know that I have a very sporadic newsletter called The Secret Posts? Maybe you're on the list already and are wondering where they are. Well, that's because I only send them out every now and again. I will definitely not be spamming you with my secret post newsletters because I sometimes go months and can't get one out. However, the secret posts do exist. I love them. They are the first place that I share major announcements, personal news. And so that is why I'm mentioning them to you right now because you want to be on my secret post list. I have several things coming up between now and the end of the year that I am going to share exclusively in the secret posts. Definitely, I will share them there first, like the date of the upcoming One Day HH Challenge. They always get that information first. Some big personal news, my best books of the year, my Not a Gift Guide gift guide. All of that stuff is going to come first and with some exclusives to my secret post newsletter list. This is a free list. Again, I don't send it out very often, but if you want to join and be in the know, get the inside scoop, go to 10thingstotellyou.com slash secret posts. That's 10thingstotellyou.com slash secret posts to sign up for my free, very sporadic, but full of information newsletter. Okay, friends, it is time for another episode that I hope will bring on a really 
solid conversation in your life. I like to do these episodes every few months that are 10 questions that will spark a good conversation. I've done a lot of these. I'll list some of them in the show notes. But we've done 10 questions for the end of the year, 10 questions to mark this time in history, like sort of around the pandemic. This summer, we did 10 questions for couples. And today, we're doing 10 questions to ask your kids. Now, I'm doing this one right now for a few reasons. The main one being that fall, it feels like for families, no matter how old your kids are, fall is just so full. There are activities, there's social stuff, school has started back, so there's new rhythms maybe, the holidays are around the corner. Like it just feels like fall is really full always. And in my life, I have a wedding anniversary and both my kids' birthdays are all within three weeks of one another. So this is especially a really busy, full time. And when things are really busy, you can miss each other. You know, even when you're in the same room, you can just miss that connection because there's so much on the to-do list. There's so much scurrying here and there and everywhere and maybe meals on the go and sports practices and all the things. It just seems like for me in the fall, I have to make a more concerted effort to like sit down and have a good, slow conversation, have a nice time of connection. And the older my kids get, the trickier that kind of forced connection, that intentional connection can be because they're a little more on to you, you know, the older they get. Like they know that you're really trying to have a moment and it's different than when they were littler. So I've crafted these 10 questions today for a range of ages. I'll give some modifications maybe for each question because obviously the kind of conversation you're going to have with like your first grader is going to be different than if you have teenagers. But I tried to make these questions, you know, pretty broad, pretty available to the whole family really because this is not an interrogation. None of these prompts, none of these question episodes that I put together, is it meant to be like an interview style, even though I am going to interview my own children. But in your life, I want this to be a conversation. I want you to answer the questions as well as your kiddo. This is sometimes a thing that I think is missing with kids that they might be willing, depending on their personality, to like engage in this kind of a fun prompty game or, you know, have this type of a conversation, but they don't always think, kids don't because they're, you know, sort of all about themselves. They don't always think to ask you what your answer to the question is. Like when my kids get in the car every day from the bus stop or from sports or whatever, I always, of course, ask them how their day was, how their classes were, and they most often forget to ask me back. How was my day? How was work? How were things at the house? You know, whatever. We're trying to like train this into them that this is a back and forth. And while attention spans may range, again, if you have a little one, they're not going to like sit and listen to you give a real speech about like your favorite family memory or whatever. (laughs) They can start to learn that you have thoughts and opinions 
on these questions too. And that connection is not a one-way street. When I say I want to connect with you, it doesn't just mean I only want to hear from you. It means I'd like for you to hear from me too. I'd like for both of us to share. And so these questions are pretty broad. They can be modified for your kid's personality and ages, for your sort of family dynamic. But do your best to make this a true conversation where if everyone's participating, let's say everyone in your family is doing this at one time, everybody goes around and answers, you know, one question a night at dinner, or maybe you're in the car for a while and you can just throw out a couple of these questions and everyone in the car has to answer. You're probably not going to do all 10 questions in one sitting. And you might not even do all 10 questions at all. Like maybe you just pick and choose which questions appeal to you, which ones you think will really get a response from your kid. So this is not a one-size-fits-all exercise, but it is meant to kind of get the ball rolling in a conversation with your kid that maybe it just wouldn't come up naturally. Otherwise, maybe this isn't how you and your kids talk to one another on a regular basis, so this will be a little bit different. And if that feels awkward or if you're not even sure like how to start this kind of thing with your kid, well, you can just blame it all on me. You can just make me the total weirdo and say, hey, I listened to this podcaster. She has these 10 questions. I thought it would be fun to maybe go through and do this as a family since this one is specifically aimed at kids. I have found in all of my years of preaching about sharing ourselves that kind of blaming someone else for this thing that you're doing, whether it's an online challenge or a conversation like this, sort of putting this off on someone else, me in this case, it makes it a little bit more palatable for some people to feel like they're participating in a game, you know, that they didn't come up with this cheesy concept on their own. They're just sort of following along with this fun thing they heard about. You can frame it like that all day long. It does not hurt my feelings at all if that's how you want to approach any of my prompts or challenges as like, ugh, fine, I'll participate. All I care about is that there's connection happening, there's good conversations happening, and I'm giving you some of these prompts and tools to use, which you can modify however you want, but at least, you know, we all have a starting place, right? Okay. So what I'm going to do today, just so you're clear on the format, I am going to give you all 10 questions up front, tell you a little bit more about what I was thinking when I wrote that question, and then I'm going to record a conversation with my own kids. I have a daughter, Lucy. She's turning 12 this month. I have a son, Finch. He is turning 10 this month. So they are in sixth grade and fourth grade. They have agreed to have this conversation with me that I'm able to share with you. And so we're going to answer a few of these questions publicly. And then we have a couple that are, you know, a little bit more of a personal nature that I'm going to put over on the Secret Stuff Patreon. The Secret Stuff Patreon is separate from the secret posts that I told you about at the beginning of this episode. The secret posts are newsletter. They're free. They come to your email. The Secret Stuff Patreon is a monthly membership where I put a bunch of bonus material, personal podcast episodes. There's a book club every month. I'm not going to spin all out on what those things are. Secret posts are free. Secret stuff is a private podcast. I will put some of my conversation with my kids that I don't want to be completely wide open on the web. I will put that over on Patreon. So you can always sign up for that if you're interested at 10thingstotellyou.com slash secret stuff. Okay, let's run through these 10 questions. 
And let me say a little bit more about each of them. Number one is, who are your best friends right now? Now, I started here because most kids, you know, at a variety of ages, love to talk about their friends. Their friends are their priority. They might have a lot to say about their friends. If you are uncomfortable with best friend language, like that title, best friend, then change it up for your own situation. Who are your favorite people right now? Who do you have a great connection with? Who do you love spending time with? However you want to say it. I can say best friends in our family because that's not really a charged phrase. I have numerous best friends and my kids know it. So does my husband. So do they. And they have kind of best friends in different areas. My daughter has like school besties and then she has best friends on her volleyball team and all of that. We don't put so much weight on that title, best friends, where it's like a mantle anyone is carrying. So that's why I phrase that question for me. And you know what else I like about this question? So yes, I started here because I felt like this might be a kind of an easy answer and and might be something to get your kid talking if they're hesitant on this whole exercise or this whole conversation. I thought starting with friends is, is a fun way to start. But I also like it because I want the adults to answer. I think our kids can probably like deduce who our dear friends are, you know, by maybe who we spend time with, who we spend holidays with, travel with, whatever. Like kids can kind of assume they know who our friends are. But for me personally, some of my very dearest, bestest friends in the world, they don't really know my kids. Like some of my childhood friends from growing up in Oklahoma that I'm still very close to, that I talk to on a regular basis, they have barely ever met my children because we live in California. And maybe they've met briefly on some sort of a visit or something, but they don't have a relationship with my kids. But they are still some of my best friends. I want my kids to know those people by name. I want them to know who is important to me. And then, of course, likewise, the very obvious thing that you want to know here is who your kids are considering their best friends. Because again, you might think you know or or be able to deduce by who they talk about or who they want to hang out with, but they might say something that surprises you. Someone that they have been tight with for years and years that you would put in their best friend category you know, they might be drifting away from. And this is an opportunity for that to come out. Or maybe they're spending a lot of time at school with a kid that you've never even heard of, but your child eats lunch with them every day or something. This recently just happened to me. I felt like I had a really good grasp on who my kids' friends were, especially because in the last year and a half, they haven't even been at school for most of that period of time. So like I kind of knew exactly who they were in a lot of contact with. But we got a play date type of invitation recently for my son from someone that I knew was in his class because I know their parents, but I had never heard my son talk about this child at all. And so I was a little surprised by the invitation. And I asked him about it. And he was like, oh, yeah, we talk every day. We sit at the same table in their classroom. And they had just gotten to be real chummy in the last, you know, six weeks since school started. Well, it was a surprise to me and, you know, frankly, a delight. I was glad that he was making some friends in an even broader circle. So I don't even know if I would have known that if we hadn't gotten this invitation. So this is a chance for the whole friend thing to come up. 
Now, if this is a sensitive topic for you or for your kid, like, I don't know, maybe you have been butting heads about who their friends are. Maybe you don't care for their friends. I don't know what the situation is. But if this topic is like a mm, little bit of a sticky point, skip it. Just skip it. There's lots of other good questions here. I am sure that you can agree that literally no one wants to smell bad. But sometimes regular underarm deodorant just isn't cutting it. Or maybe it's not your underarms that need help. With Lumi, you don't have to worry. Lumi is the first of its kind in total body deodorant and is fully safe to use anywhere on your body. It is clinically proven to block odor all day and control it for up to 72 hours. The secret is mandelic acid, where instead of masking odor with a fragrance, it stops the odor before it even starts. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben free, as well as pH balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of bright scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with our exclusive code. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that equals over 40% off the starter pack. Use code U for 15% off your first purchase at lumideodorant.com. That's code U, Y-O-U, at lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Question number two. What do you like doing best as a family? Now, this sort of does fall into like the cheesy mom conversation category. I don't care. (laughs) I want this question to be answered. I want to answer it. I think this can give you a real pulse on what's happening in your family. If maybe you've outgrown some habits that you keep forcing on the kids on the weekend or something, or if they say something surprising that you've only done as a family together once and you realize, oh, we need to do that again because they feel really connected or loved or happy when we do that. This kind of question can bring all that insight, but it also brings up another thing that I think is important. By nature of the question, which is, again, what do you like doing best as a family? Probably what will come up in somebody's answer is, you know, some kind of good memory, some kind of happy memory. And having memories together, sharing memories together and being nostalgic about them and bringing them up to laugh about or say, remember when or whatever, that is a really important part of relationship. Actually, any relationship in your couples, in with your own friends, at work, in your book club. Having memories together that you revisit from time to time is a really good practice. I think it bonds you. It helps you remember like this warm 
fun, lovely thing you did together. It sort of cements part of your history, at, you know, as a relationship. And someone told me years and years ago, or I read it or something, when my kids were babies, they told me that kids are more likely to remember the better parts of their childhood better or have warm feelings towards their childhood. Maybe I'm butchering what this philosophy was, but it stuck with me. But that you are supposed to, at appropriate intervals, bring up memories and such, have children recall memories as much as possible. And so this works especially great for question number two. What do you like doing best as a family? Okay, question number three. If you had a whole Saturday to do whatever you wanted, what would that look like? And I will take as much detail as I can get on this question. I mean, if you have a little kid, you know, they might just be like, go to the zoo and get ice cream. But if you have a kid that can walk through this in a little more detail, I think this is a really fun way to see like what they're loving, who they want to be around, what kind of activities they're into. Like this is kind of the all-encompassing question. Maybe if you feel like your family only has capacity for one question among all of these, this might be the one that might tell you the most all in one prompt. So I would start with like, how late do you sleep in? What do you have for breakfast? You know, who are you with? Where do you go? What are you wearing? What's a special treat? What's the activity? I mean, one of my kids would probably choose to like stay home all day. They're a real homebody, which is totally fine, but I can still ask questions in there of like, oh, well, are you playing video games when you do that? What games are you playing? What would you want for lunch? What room do you want to hang out in? Whatever your kiddo's personality is, you can get a lot of ideas from this question, like maybe how you would want to, I don't know, celebrate their birthday in the future, depending on their different answers. If you have a teenager and they say that they want to sleep in till 2 p.m. or something like that, maybe that's completely developmental and healthy. Or maybe you're thinking, God, is my kid doing too much right now? Can we scale back in other ways? So listen to their answer. It's not always like you're strategizing, that you're analyzing with such depth every single thing that comes out of their mouth, because that, you know... Nobody wants to feel like they're like in a therapy session about it. But do just take in what they're saying and maybe think harder about it later when it's just you. And also remember, this is a chance for you to answer. And when you're sharing with your kid, if this is a one-on-one or a family conversation, when you're sharing like what your favorite restaurant would be if you could go anywhere or how you want to spend your time, maybe this very simple and not so original prompt, even it might bring something to mind that makes you realize, wow, all I want to do on a free Saturday is nothing. Does that mean I'm the one that's been too busy and not my kid? Or the opposite, if you're like, God, my dream Saturday would include seeing some of my best friends. Is that your kind of inner self telling you that you are wishing for some connection with others right now? I mean, look, again, it's not all like woo-woo and deep and spiritual. It doesn't have to be like 
journal-worthy, every single answer. But I am encouraging you as you have this conversation in your family or with your kid, or if this is something that you just start with in your journal, that you are noticing. Like you're answering from your truest place. Like, oh, it would be fun to have donuts and then go to the zoo, whatever. You're answering like the real answer without you know making it like this whole deep thing. But it is a chance to think about what this answer, what any of these answers are saying about your current rhythms, your current relationships, the way that you're spending your time, what is making you feel connected or disconnected. All of those threads are going to be weaving through these answers and in this conversation for everyone who's part of it. Okay, number four, question number four is, what do you think you're good at? Don't come at me for ending that question with a preposition. Everybody knows what I mean. What do you think you're good at is a fun question that will be rebuffed by some. Some people will not want to answer this question, adults and kids alike, but also gives you a chance to like share a strength, which is an affirmation of that strength, right? When you say something out loud, like, I think I'm really good at cooking, it just affirms to you within yourself that you're really good at cooking. And it says to others like, oh yeah, mom is really good at cooking. She is. Which makes people, everybody who's saying their strengths right here, it can also be like a moment of gratitude. You don't think that on the surface level, but like if I was sitting with my mom personally and she said, I think I'm really good at cooking, which she is, by the way, I would affirm back to her, you are mom, you're so good at cooking. But then I would also on some level feel gratitude that I have been the beneficiary of years of my mom's wonderful cooking. (laughs) So it's A nice thing, hopefully, on both a shallow and deeper level when you are sharing a strength or what you are good at. Now, the caveat here is what I already said. Some people are very uncomfortable with a question and answer like this. I wouldn't have thought or known this until one of the challenges that I did years and years ago. I mean, truly, this one was years ago. I called it brag book. This was like when I was blogging. And I really encouraged people to like brag on themselves, like, the same question, tell me what you were good at, tell me something that you're really proud of yourself for, or something like that. And people did it because people love an online challenge. But people were very, very uncomfortable saying out loud, I'm really good at this thing. Now, the internet has changed a little bit. Maybe in general, culture has made us a little less shy about sharing our strengths in this way. I feel like I've even noticed this in my own friend group that people who would have really shied away from a question like this, they would have really felt like it was tacky or off-putting to boldly state their strengths. These days probably would like share an answer to this and not bat too much of an eye. So I do think that Maybe this question will be more well-received than it has been in the past. But of course, there's just going to be personality types who are really shy about this question. And if your kiddo is like, oh, I don't want to say that I'm good at it because, you know, maybe they feel like it will jinx it if they say they're really good at something and then someone might judge them on that very thing. I mean, there's like a lot of (laughs) emotions that can get tangled up in a question like this one. But you don't have to push your kid or your teen to go super deep with it. I mean, accept the silliest of answers, really. And I've had to work on this with myself because if my child said, I'm really good at jump rope, 
I might be like, I mean, okay, you are, but like, say something deeper than that or something better than that or something, I don't know. I would be wanting to name off for my child all the things that they're good at and that they haven't maybe thought of. But one of the things that's important about this exercise, especially when we're doing this with a kid that we are used to guiding, shaping, prodding along, is to just let them answer and to not shape their answer or reshape their answer or not criticize their answer. If they say, I'm really good at jump rope, and you know that this kid is stellar at a lot of things that seem more important than jump rope, just let it go. Just try to let it go, if at all possible. You might counter it with like, oh, interesting that that's the first thing that came to your mind because I think you're so good at art. That's one of the strengths I really see in you. So it's so funny that our answers are so different, right? You said jump rope. I think you're great at art. But you're right. I've seen you jump rope. You're amazing. Thank you for answering that way. And then maybe when you answer, you say something that gives them permission to go a little deeper with the next question or even to modify their own answer. And you get to choose if you're sort of matching their tone, if you also want to choose something sort of silly and light, because that is where this conversation is going to go best if you keep it silly and light. And so then you might answer with, well, I am really good at getting the mail every day. It's a task I never, ever forget. Therefore, I feel very good about it. (laughs) That might match their tone, not to like mock them or anything, but to sort of keep the conversation rolling instead of like, if you're really pushing for something to go deep, a lot of times kids of all ages will, they will not meet you there. They will pull back or or go in a really different direction. So you can match their tone or you can say, well, I think I'm really good at my job. I actually take a lot of pride in my work and I've been doing it for a long time and I'm really good at it. And I have no qualms about saying that. I am good at my job. And I think they'll hear you. Maybe they'll rethink their jump rope answer. Maybe it will just give them an appreciation of how you are answering. Maybe it will give them permission to next time someone asks them something similar that they take a bold direction. Okay, number five. This is one of those that can be slid in at any moment. If you feel like the conversation's going off the rails, or if you feel like nobody's really participating much or something, this is sort of one of those questions that everybody can answer. Stakes are low for the most part, but it's fun and interesting. And that is, what entertainment are you into right now? And entertainment, of course, you can niche this down if you really want it to be more specific to your family. But I kept it as entertainment because... All four members of my family, we all take in pretty different entertainment. So you might ask them their favorite TV shows or movies or music or YouTubers or influencers or writers, any type of entertainment that your kid is into, they get to answer that way. And then of course, you also get to answer whatever it is that you're into from an entertainment perspective. Now, a lot of times we are fairly aware, at least marginally aware of what types of entertainment our family is into because we are sometimes forced to reckon with it because they play their music too loud and we know exactly what that music is or they talk incessantly about their favorite YouTuber. So like we definitely know who that is. But like some of the other questions, it gives people an opportunity to sort of share something that they're into that maybe you're unaware of. And also 
A really fun thing about this answer is that it kind of marks a moment in time, right? Like in our family, we frequently laugh about things that the kids were into when they were little. Not laugh at in a make fun of way, but just like remembering the old cartoons they liked when they were little, little, remembering the songs they used to ask us to play, remembering their favorite movies that we had to have on repeat over the years. Like answering your favorite entertainment right now is probably like a little bit of a time capsule, especially for the kids whose tastes change so much so often. But even for the adults, reaching not for your all-time favorite writers or your all-time favorite bands, but kind of answering this question from like, what are you into right now? Delineating the right now from like your all-time favorites of all time, you know, and you're sort of saying, oh, I've been really into this writer. I've been really learning a lot from this influencer online. That might not be something that's going to stick for a long, long period of time. So it's sort of interesting to note it for the right now. Number six, what is something you wish was different? Now, this question can be as loaded or as light as you want it to be. And you can ask it just like that, just as it's written. What is something you wish was different? Or if there's something you really want to hone in on with your kid or something specific you really want to know about, then you can personalize this question. But if there's something that you wish was different about your family life, their bedroom, their schoolwork, their activities, of course, take care with your tone when you're asking this question. I put it in, this is one of the more tender questions in the whole thing, because this isn't meant to be like a weep fest or an upsetting conversation at all. And so I tried to keep most of these on the up. But I think it is important to ask if there's something that we wish was different. This gives kids a chance to express if they're upset about something, if they are continually upset about something. And you may very well know what that thing is, but possibly you have squashed their ability to say it anymore. You know, parents, if you're like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. This is opening a little bit of a door up for them to express something that they wish was different. And also for you as the parent, you also get to share something you wish was different. And of course, you have to take care on what you're going to say here. We're going to talk a little bit more about current events in a few questions from now, but you might end up saying you wish something was different about the state of the nation, or you might end up saying something you wish was different about your schedule or the house you live in. You know, be aware, as always, when you're sharing with your kids that it doesn't put them in a bad and uncomfortable place, that you're really mindful about how they might receive whatever it is that you're going to share you wish was different. But try to be open-hearted about what they share that they wish was different. This might be a hurtful part of the conversation or something. This might honestly be a question that you skip. This might be a question that nobody really has a satisfactory answer to. Satisfactory might not be the right word, but like, you know, this might be one that people are like, I don't know. And, you know, you can't really pull it out of them, but it might get their wheels turning. It might be something that comes up in a later conversation on a different day. Because you introduced the idea that it's okay to share and say out loud something you wish was different. 
and that those things might not be changeable, might not be something you're able to change or help or fix, but still it's okay. It's okay to say it out loud. Question number seven, where is somewhere you love to be? Now you can take this a few different ways. I really wanted to have a where, like a location-based question in here. Sometimes in our family, we ask like, where would you travel if you could travel anywhere? But the root of what I was trying to ask here, if you wanted to go a little bit deeper than where in the world would you could be if you could be anywhere, what I really was trying to ask here is where is somewhere you love to be, meaning where is somewhere you feel safe and happy? So that evokes an answer that's less like, I want to go to the Bahamas and more like, I love to be at grandma's house or something like that. You know, somewhere you love to be, if they answer basketball practice or if they answer their best friend's house or if they answer their own bedroom, you know, I don't know, just hearing where a person that you love feels safe and happy, where their kind of happy place is. This is really important information. And when you think about the question later, you might notice what they didn't say. Now, it doesn't mean that if they didn't answer home or school or some of the places where they spend most of their time, if they didn't answer that as one of the places that they love to be, it doesn't mean that those places are miserable or they can't stand them or something like that. But it is notable what first pops out of their mouth when you ask this question, like what their knee-jerk response is, somewhere you love to be. And if it's a place that you're happy that they love to be there, or if it's a place that you're like, oh, shoot, that makes me a little nervous. (laughs) Either way, it's all information. And this question also forces you to think about somewhere you love to be, which regardless of how your answer is received, regardless of if anyone is surprised by what your answer is, it just takes you to a moment of gratitude, no matter what. Where is somewhere you love to be? Where is somewhere you feel safe and happy? Saying those places out loud is, intentional or not, a moment of gratitude. Question number eight, how do you feel about current events? Now, this is one that is going to be very specifically addressed according to your kid's age. If you have an elementary school kid, they might feel very differently about, you know, opinions around the pandemic or natural disasters or politics or something like that versus a teenager who is going to most likely have more sources of information, um, for sure a better understanding about what's happening and You know, I left this one as just quote unquote current events so that this episode, these prompts would just be evergreen. But of course, feel free to substitute in a specific current event you want to ask about or something that's, you know, very big and obvious again, like the pandemic, or if we're in an election year, or if there has been some kind of big national news event that you really want to ask, like, how do you feel about that? And try to let them answer, everyone that's answering this, try to let them answer without you interjecting. Don't correct them. Don't supply information to them. Just let them give their feelings. Like, this is not a dissertation. Nobody is tweeting this or on the news being judged by this. This is a family conversation. And a child, depending on their age, is of course, going to have a take on current events that might not be 
right on the money or right on the money as you see it, right? Like they may have an innocent understanding of what's happening, a very simple understanding of what's happening. If they're older, they might be very influenced by what they're reading online, what their friends are saying, what social media is saying. Let them like say their piece, even if it infuriates you or even if it bums you out, makes you sad. Resist this being the moment. If you're if you're framing this up as 10 questions we're all going to answer, this fun little prompt exercise thing that we're doing together, if you're framing this up like that, really resist getting into it too much about that current event, whether you agree or disagree. Like we're just talking feelings here. Like how do you feel about it? I always think it's interesting when a question like this comes up, you know, just naturally, not in the context of playing this fun game, 10 questions. But just in general, when a current event comes up around our table, I am always listening to hear who my kids are parroting, parrot, parrot, like the bird, who they are recycling a belief from. Because of course, they can have their own sort of knee-jerk experience or reaction to something. But often when you're talking about current events, Kids especially, but also adults, have taken an idea that makes sense to them and then regurgitated it. I want to hear who they are regurgitating from. Is it me? Possibly it's me. Sometimes I hear my kids say things that I know exactly came out of my mouth first, weeks ago, that they retained. Sometimes there are other people in their life that I can hear them sort of chewing on an idea and spitting it back out. At 10 and 12, my kids are now getting this type of feedback from their peers, Things are being talked about at school, especially about the pandemic and things like that. So I just want to hear what feelings, what opinions have resonated with them and who their influences are. Again, this isn't taking away their own thoughts and feelings. We all want to think that we have unique ideas, but we're all being influenced all the time. And for me, it's really interesting in a question like this to not only hear who is influencing them, but like what what arguments being made is resonating with them. And if it's in alignment to the way we talk about something in our house, or if it's not, and sort of what that means. So again, this question can be loaded. This can go a hundred different ways. You can make it specific, or you can keep it general. But this one can be really, really enlightening. And try not to make it a part of the conversation that people then never want to return to. If you are super surprised by something that your kid says when you bring up a current event, exploding in opposition to whatever it is that they said is not going to make them want to talk about current events with you more in the future. It's going to make them be like, oh yeah, I'm never bringing that up again, or I'm never going to share my own opinion. And that's probably not what you want, right? Like You want to feel truly informed about your kids' opinions and influences and sort of the direction that they're thinking about things, right? So that was number eight. How do you feel about current events? This episode is also sponsored by BetterHelp. I am no stranger to seeking out professional help for my mental health when I feel like I'm drowning. But that is easier said than done when you feel like there are legitimate roadblocks in the way of your happiness. That's why I love sharing BetterHelp with you. BetterHelp is the online counseling service that gets you started in less than 48 hours. It is not a crisis line. It is not a self-help program. These are licensed professional counselors who work with patients all over the world fully remotely. 
Once you are matched with your therapist, you can start communicating immediately. In addition to timely and thoughtful replies, you can also schedule weekly phone or video sessions. There is no stuffy waiting room or uncomfortable places to be. You can spend your session with your counselor in the privacy of your own home and on your own couch. It is more affordable than you think and financial aid is available. Start living a happier life today. Go to betterhelp.com slash you for 10% off your first month. That's better, B-E-T-T-E-R, help, H-E-L-P, dot com slash you, Y-O-U, for 10% off your first month. Number nine, is there anything you'd like to ask me or say to me? Now, I know this is opening a big door. I know it is. And in some families, this may feel like the absolute scariest question to ask. And in some families, this is like no thing. Like you might even skip this one. It's old hat. I suggest you don't skip this one because even if you have a really open relationship with your kids at any age and you feel like that they're constantly asking you things or saying things to you, making it an intentional moment, like a number nine, is there anything that you would like to ask me or say to me? Now is the time. I am open-hearted. I am open ears. This conversation is all about you and me. And maybe don't push one way or the other. If they say no... They don't have anything they want to ask you or say to you. You might just kind of leave that door open and say, okay, well, if there is anything like this week, I want you to be thinking about it. I would really love, you know, to hear from you. You don't have to answer at the second. And they might come back to you. If your kids are little, that energy is going to be very different, you know, and you might have to be a bit more specific with them and maybe prod a little bit about a specific situation. So, For example, you might say something like, well, is there anything you want to ask me about that fight you heard daddy and I having the other night? Is there anything you'd like to say to me about the punishment I gave you last week? I mean, I don't mean for all these to be negative, but you know what I mean? This is a moment where an issue that one of you thought was closed, for example, the punishment that you doled out last week, done deal, it's over. But they might still have feelings about it. And this is a chance for them to say, I just thought that was unfair. I didn't do anything wrong or something like that. You may absolutely not be in the mood to like rehash a thing that has already been discussed and consequences dealt. But if they bring it up, you know, that's for a reason. They're they're holding on to an emotion, an injustice, something that they want to say. I also really like this question in my own life because I grew up in a family. Y'all have heard from my family a few times, my family of origin. They're very loving. They're very affirming of one another. We are. But the door was not always open to talking about our feelings. And so my mom like teases me that I ask my kids way too much to talk about their feelings. And that's probably true. I probably do overcompensate there a little bit. But I do wonder if I would be this obsessed with sharing if I had felt free to share so much (laughs) when I was younger. And I didn't. I didn't feel that freedom to share so much. So I try to now as an adult in like all of my relationships really leave the door open of like, is there anything you would like to ask me or say to me? We can't have that conversation every minute of every day. But right now with a question like this, I am really open right now to hearing anything that you're going to say and being able to talk it through. So even if it's old stuff, 
even if it's sensitive or you're a little bit nervous to ask it or say it, why don't we just try? Likewise, of course, because this is a conversation that's going back and forth, if there's anything that you would like to say to your kid or ask your kid, this is the moment if you judge this to be a safe, calm moment. But maybe sliding in something you've been meaning to talk about in the midst of all of these questions, maybe that's the exact right thing to get your kid to talk versus having like a big sit-down meeting or bringing it up too casually, if you will. Like maybe this is just the right rhythm to bring something up with your kiddo that you have been meaning to but haven't been able to find the time or space. Okay, number 10, last question. And I love this one and it can be answered at any age and is interesting, is a time capsule, is insight into their little personalities. Number 10 is what kind of adult do you want to be? Now, I don't want to focus too much on adulthood. Being a kid is amazing. I don't want to encourage growing up too fast or looking too far forward or being too future focused. But I do think asking, what kind of adult do you want to be? Really makes people look a little bit inward and think about, well, what kind of adult do I want to be? Do I want to have a certain career? Do I want to be a parent myself in the future? Do I want to live somewhere specific? Do I want to look a certain way? This question, like most of them, can really be as fun and light or as deep and serious as you want to take it. And everyone's going to answer this one differently. Different ages are going to answer this one differently. But it's a little bit of a daydream question, a best self kind of question. And I really love that. You can also answer this one, even though it's a little bit different because you already are an adult. But it gives you a chance to answer this a few different ways. You can answer it by sort of comparing and contrasting the adult you thought you wanted to be when you were a kid versus the kind of adult you are. This can be answered from a place of, am I being the kind of adult I want to be? This can give you a chance to talk about other adults that you admire. Your kid can do this too if they want to point towards an adult, either a high profile public figure or someone in their life that they really know to say that. That is how I want to be. You too. You can do that too already as an adult to say, that's the kind of adult I want to be. And am I moving towards that or away from that? I love this question because it takes a little bit of the weightiness out of like, are you honoring your truest self (laughs) or anything like that? It's not sort of like, what do you want to be when you grow up kind of thing. It's a little bit more about like whole personhood. What kind of adult do you want to be? And I also think it's a great place to end, right? You get to hear who your kids really are or maybe who they admire, who they want to be. And you get to take a little self-stock, if you will, which is always good for all of us at any age. Okay, so this was 10 questions to ask your kids. I hope that you get a great conversation out of this. If you use these prompts, or if you just enjoyed this episode and you share it on social media, please make sure you tag me, tag the show at 10 Things to Tell You. You can also tag me at laura.tremaine. I love knowing what comes out of these prompt episodes because this is what the whole show is about, right? It's about connection. It's about good conversation. It's about sharing yourselves and letting yourself be shared too. And while all of those types of interactions have to be somewhat intentional, With our kids, 
It's just too easy for busy weeks and months to go by without having some intentional connecting type of conversations. And so I hope that one or all of these prompts sparks something really cool between you and your kid or kids. And you come away from it saying, I'm glad I asked that. And also, I'm glad I answered that. So I'm following this up with just a quick conversation with my own kids as an example of what this could look like in your family. Sit up, Finch. I am. That's not sitting up. Okay, so this episode is called 10 Questions to Ask Your Kids. And I do these kind of episodes every few months or so where I'm like giving people 10 questions so that they can have a really good conversation with their friend or their family member. And this one is like kid focused. (laughs) So I brought you here to our family room couch. I'm going to ask you some of these questions, but before I ask you like the official questions I wrote, is this something that I do normally? No. Not the recording part, but just like asking questions. Yes. So like when we're in the car. Yes, you do. Yeah, you ask a lot of questions. Sometimes around the dinner table. Yes. And I've asked Daddy this before. How do you feel about all my question asking? Mm, It can get a little bit annoying. (laughs) You ask a lot of questions. Like, a lot. Do you really do find it annoying? Like, you wish I didn't do it? No, I like it sometimes. Eh. <laughs> do you think one of you is more of a talker than the other? I'm a talker. I'm a talker, too. Why don't you introduce yourself to the audience, even though I've sort of already set up who you are. But I want to hear you say. Why don't you start? I'm Lucy. And how old are you, Lucy? I'm 11. I'm about to be 12. You're literally turning 12 this month. And who are you? I'm Finch. Finch. How old are you? I'm um, 9. And you are? About to turn um, 10. 10 this month. You guys both have birthdays in October. You're both going to be new ages, 10 and 12. It feels like a biggie. Um, Okay. So here are the questions. We're going to go through some of these questions that I wrote for the episode. What are your favorite things to do as a family? I like to watch TV shows and movies in the family room. I like when you make like poppy seed chicken and like other foods like that. Like as a family activity because you like to eat them or because you all like like, to be together or? Like eating them all together. Okay. What do you like about? watching movies and TV shows together, Luce, because, you know, we're not talking or anything when we do that. Because the TV shows and movies are good. Well, that's true. And then you can talk about them afterwards. But if you watch it by yourself, you just got to think about it. That's true. Do you like it when we talk about it afterwards? Yes. Finch, what do you like about when I make meals that you like and then we all sit and eat them together? Like, what do you like about that because i feel like they're like special to our family and like no one else like eats them really that is kind of true actually okay here's the next question if you had a whole saturday 
to do whatever you want a whole day from start to finish, from deciding what time you wake up to every single activity or friend you see or food you eat or anything, you had a whole Saturday to plan for yourself. What would that day look like? Lucy? Um, I'd wake up. Well, I usually like to wake up late, but I would want to wake up early and then have a good breakfast and then go to one of my friend's house. This is so we could go to Six Flags. So then if we went early, we could do more rides. So you'd be at Six Flags all day? Yeah. Are there any treats or anything you would like to eat while you're there? We could get, like, candy and popcorn and cotton candy. How many friends do you wish were on that day with you? Three other people, so there's an even number. Smart. Finch, what does your perfect Saturday look like? I would wake up at 7.15, and I would, like, want... Nutella crepes. Nutella crepes? For breakfast. And then I would, like, want to go somewhere, like Disneyland, with all my friends. And then come home at, like, 4 o'clock, and we would, like, do all the rides and stuff. And then I would hang out for the rest of the day. Alone? Yeah. And then would you have any treats? I guess you said you like what you want for breakfast, but is there any other details you want to share in there? Maybe like candy at Disneyland, like cotton candy and like popcorn and pretzels. I sense this theme that I wasn't sure I expected either one of you to say that you would spend your perfect Saturday with friends at an amusement park. I expected Finch to say a lazy day. A lazy day at home? Where he did nothing. I mean, I was going to say that. (laughs) I think I expected you to say that, too. I mean, like, that's why I included the four o'clock. But that's why Hmm. I think that he said Disneyland after I said Six Flags. Well, he likes Disneyland, too. I mean, he gets to, like... Be inspired by your answer. Yeah. But he likes being lazy. Like. Love. (laughs) Okay, here's a good question. What do you think you're good at? What is at least one thing? You you can say more than one. That you think you're really good at. Let's start with Finch. Math. Oh, math. Okay, that's true. That's the first thing that came to mind. Lucy, what about you? Throwing a football. Throwing a football. And and math and volleyball and basketball and reading and writing. You're good at all of those things. And art. <laughs> yes. Finch, did you want to add any more? You can if you want. Maybe art, catching a football, relaxing. <laughs> yeah, you're good at all of those things too. Okay, what is, this is a fun question, and you can say as many as you want, okay? What is your current favorite entertainment or entertainer? So like your favorite musicians, your favorite TV show, your favorite YouTubers, I don't know, anything that you want to share. I love to hear who or what you're into right now. 
Ted Lasso. And and Loki and a lot of different TV shows and different stuff on the TV. And what else was the part of the question? Just your favorite entertainment or entertainers. Like music artists? Sure. And I like listening to music a lot. And I listen to music when I'm doing homework or when I'm in the car and on a plane or just by myself. I listen to music a lot. You do. Who are some of your favorites on your playlists that you make? Machine Gun Kelly, Outkast, Taylor Swift. And then I like a bunch of individual songs by different artists like One Direction, mm-hmm. 21 Pilots. All right, Finch, what are some of your favorite entertainers or entertainment right now? I kind of like what Lucy said. I like Ted Lasso and like music. I like when um, Daddy puts on the radio like the 90s alternative and grunge. (laughs) It's a good channel. Yeah, I really like, so like rock is one of my favorites. Okay, so last question for this round is, where is somewhere you love to be? Tahiti, South Carolina, here, Jamaica, Hawaii, Europe. I like to be a lot of places. (laughs) You like to be a lot of places. The zoo, my friend's house. Do you have certain friend's houses that you really especially like to be? Yeah, I have some. Okay. I like to sleep over at friend's house. And like if someone was going to ask me what I mean by that question, even though I love your answer, especially because it includes like vacation destinations and also like your friend's houses. That's so good. Is somewhere you feel safe and happy? The zoo. The zoo? And the aquarium. Okay. What about you, Finch? I have, I think, three answers. Okay. Home, Tahiti, and in my bed. (laughs) Isn't in your bed at home? Well, in your bed is a different story than home. True. You're actually true, yeah. Those are like my three top places I want to be. That's a great top three. What are your favorite places? Oh, thank you for asking me back. Home is number one, my favorite place to be for sure. But I also love being at our lake house. And I love being at grandmother and grandfather's house. Me too. I like both of those. That makes me feel really happy to be there. Do you like being at this home or the other home? Well, I loved our other home, but right now I'm really enjoying being in this home. I like our new house, the feeling it has. It's like really open and airy and bright. I like the feeling of the other house too. Me too. I love the feeling at the other house. And it was actually airy and bright too it was bright there but it wasn't open it wasn't open it was a lot of smaller rooms and this house has like open floor plan where you can see all the way from our family room where we're sitting you can see the kitchen and you're looking through a room to do that like it's all very open and right now that feels good to me that feels like i can breathe really well in this house and i like that
just listened to the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. You can find the show notes and subscribe to episode emails at 10thingstotellyou.com slash podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. Remember, this is an interactive podcast. I have 10 things to tell you, and you have 10 things to tell. So take this topic to your journal or a friend or post on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. These episodes are meant to bring connection with others and ourselves and spark better conversations. Thanks for listening. Now go share something.